Hey, you're listening to the Beyond Podcast with your host, Timmy Riggs, and I'm so excited to do another week with you uh, where we are going beyond just a Sunday message, talking a little bit more about it uh, this week. I'll say it again at the end, but I really, really encourage you, if you did not hear Pastor Rick's message, uh, to go ahead and go listen to that on our website or on our app. Um, there's just so much good information, such good teaching from Pastor Rick this past week as we continue to walk through our Audacious Faith series. And this past week, um, Pastor Rick talked about Audacious Faith in terms of trusting God with our money. It's a big one, right? Big topic and um, so much good stuff in there. And so we're going to dive into it. Again, we're going to do another little bit of commentary uh, through Pastor Rick's message. So um, what I'm going to do is play little clips of his sermon. And then I'll talk a little bit about them briefly. And again, hopefully there's some things in there that you're like, yeah, if I didn't listen to it, I want to go listen to the whole sermon. Or maybe you just want to hear it again. I've listened to it a few times this week already. And so right now I'm going to go ahead and jump in uh, or let Pastor Rick jump in and open up with a story he tells us about a uh, family that's pretty awesome. So why don't you hear that? And then I'll jump back in with you. You know, we here at Bethany First Church are located on Northwest 39th Expressway, right out here. And the street on the west is called Mueller. Do you know why it's called Mueller? Because when Bethany community was being established, 1910, 11, 12, 13, 14, there was a lady whose name was Maddie Mallory. And she ran an orphanage here in Bethany. In those days, there were only a handful of Nazarenes in this community. And she wanted to name the street that her orphanage was on after a man who ran an orphanage and inspired her in England, in Bristol, George Mueller. And so that's why Mueller Avenue is right here to our west, because we had an orphanage on Mueller Avenue, and he was an inspiration to Maddie Mallory. He was born in 1805, and he died in 1898. So when I say he lived in the 1800s, I mean he lived in almost all of them. George Mueller and his wife, after they were married, adopted a life verse. So how many of you, by lifting your hand really high, would say, I kind of have a life verse? Just hands up in the air. There's lots of you who have a life verse. So here's the verse they picked, Luke 12.33. You know what Luke 12.33 says? This is their life verse. Sell all of your possessions and give to the poor. That was their life verse. We think we should own nothing and we should give everything we can away. And that's the way they live their life. So in 1936, as missionaries from Germany to Bristol, England, they were overcome by the need for an orphanage. There were homeless children all over England, especially in the major cities. And so they opened their home to 30 children in 1936, 30 children. And in the next nine years, they rented three more houses in their neighborhood, and they had now opened their homes to 145 homeless children. You know what happened next? The neighbors complained. True story. And so they built an orphanage. And over their lifetime, they would serve 10,000 orphaned children. Wow. Here's what's interesting. He's not most known for serving 10,000 orphan children. Do you know what he's most known for? He's most known 
for his faith in God's provision. All right, so what an inspiring way to kick off our service. Pastor Rick goes on to say that George Mueller and his wife they chose to live a life not asking for money. It's actually one of the things that made him pretty well known. Uh, they didn't want to ask for one dollar ever to support their ministry. They believed completely that God would provide for whatever they needed. There was even one story where they woke up, they didn't have any milk uh, for breakfast, and let alone someone dropped off some money for milk one morning. And that's what happened to them over and over and over. Uh, they stepped out in a major way of faith to help care for the orphans around them, serving thousands of children, always believing that God would provide for their needs. They lived a life, as Pastor Rick tells us, of audacious faith, just believing that God would provide. When I hear stories like that, I truly am struck with awe and wonder, right? You just think, wow, like, how amazing are they? I can even fall into the trap of just thinking, well, you know, they were special. They were superhuman. They were destined by God to do amazing things. We have to remember, they didn't automatically serve 10,000 children. They began by seeking out and serving the needs of those right around them, just one at a time. And so all of us have that opportunity to find, hey, what's a need around me? How can I serve? How can I live with audacious faith in this moment? Uh, I believe it's Mother Teresa who is noted saying, do for one what you wish you could do for many. So the message kind of centers around trusting God with our finances believing that he'll provide, that if we live generous with it or if we're not consumed by it, that God will um, kind of give us what we need, right, to sustain us through life. So let's continue to walk with Pastor Rick through the message. So I want to talk about faith in regard to money and possessions today. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start by asking you a question that you may feel is offensive. And here's the question. Do you, not the person beside you, but do you love money? Do you love having money? Do you love the security that money brings? Do you feel like you have the right attitude about money? Do you ever worry that maybe money means more to you than it should mean to you? Do you love money? That's the question. Do you love money? All right, so he hits us with a point-blank question, right, to get you thinking. He even kind of says, hey, this might seem offensive, but do you love money? Do you love money? I remember um, as we were preparing for uh, this message a few weeks ago in one of our uh, meetings about it where Rick kind of throws out his ideas and where he's leading and, and how he feel like God's leading us. And he asked us this question, a few of us that were in a room with him. And yeah, my hand shot up. I was like, it definitely is something that I would say, uh, I even hate to admit it, but I think I love money. I think about it a lot. And if we're all honest, money plays a humongous role in our psyche. Uh, the way in which we live our lives has forced us to have to think about money literally all the time. There's not a day where I go where I don't think about it, right? Whether it's just for food, getting groceries or going out to eat or, or getting a new outfit or our houses, paying for our houses or renting our houses or, or all the utilities involved in that, whether it's our gas or, or maybe it's leisure, maybe it's even giving. Um, we think about money 
all the time. And I even think in this world today, I mean, it's one of the things I'm always so nervous about with this younger generation, my generation, is we are consumed by a world of advertisements everywhere, right? It used to be billboards and things like that, but now on your phone, social media is nothing more than digital billboards, constantly in your face, new stuff for you to buy, new things you didn't even know you needed that now you feel like you need. And so Pastor Rick, uh, he asked us that question, do you love money? And I think all of us have to get a little honest and a, and a little real and just say, yeah, I think about it all the time. So he asks us the question, and then he jumps right to this verse. So let's go ahead and hear it from him. And the reason I'm asking you the question, because in the text this morning in Hebrews, here is the statement. It's nine words, and these nine words have messed with me, and I think they might mess with you. Read them with me. Keep your lives free from the love of money. Now, why in the world do we open God's Word, and God's Word says to us, Whatever you do, don't love money. You can love God, you can love Jesus, you can love people, but don't love money. In fact, you should work hard at keeping your heart free, your life free from the love of money. Whatever happens in your heart and in your life, don't ever let your heart begin to love money. And so when I ask the question, why would God say to us this in His Word, I think it lives somewhere in the conversation about the fact that we tend to want to love money. Now, I want to show you a picture real quick, okay? This is a picture of my little buddy Lincoln, and he is the son of Jake and Courtney Garrett, Pastor Jake. He has opened a birthday card that has money, and you can tell the kid loves money already. He's got issues, right? I don't know what Jake's teaching this kid, but you can tell the kid loves money. Any proud grandparents in the room this morning, a shout out from one of them. There we go. So Jesus says, here's why, okay? This, this is the problem, all right? You cannot serve God and money. You cannot. Not going to happen. Not a possibility. Don't even try. It won't work. You cannot serve both God and money. You will hate one and say the word with me. Love the other. You say, Rick, I think I can do it. And Jesus says, no, you can't. At some point, your heart is going to turn, and you're going to love one, but you won't love both. Keep your lives free from the love of money. Uh, right there in Scripture. It comes out swinging in Hebrews telling us, hey, do the opposite of what is so easy for us to do. Keep our life free from the love of money. So why is that so important? Pastor Rick continues, and he says, Jesus tells us this in Matthew 6, 24. I'll read it here. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. We do not have the ability to love both God and money. Loving money will cause us to despise the will of God, the way of God, right? Um, why? Because when you fall in love with money, you want more of it, you want to hold on to it, and yet God calls us to live a generous life. I remember hearing this line somewhere, money makes for a good servant, but a terrible master. Money makes for a good servant, 
but a terrible master. And yet how many people in the world have allowed money to become their master? Yet often, so many times, we allow this tool of, of trade to become our master, right? It's beckoning for us all the time. And so he continues um, kind of pulling out some different verses, so I'll let Pastor Rick uh, share those with you now. Paul says to Timothy, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. In fact, Paul says, you know what, Timothy? I have seen some people eager for money, and they have wandered from the faith. So what Jesus is saying true, you can't love both, because I've seen some people who were so eager for money that they lost their faith. They lost their soul. Money meant more to them than their faith did. So I don't ask you often to write things down, right? But I think today I'm going to ask you to consider writing something down because it sums up the Scripture that I'm about to read to you, and I think it sums up the conversation and the direction we're headed. It's good stuff. You're going to love it. You're going to want to write it down. So here are the words, okay? We should love God and use money. What should you love? God. What should you use? Money. So we are supposed to love God and use money. But the problem is we are prone to loving money and using God. So while we should love God and use money, we are prone to loving money and using God. All right, so he, he shares with us where Paul is writing to Timothy, and, and he says, hey, the love of money is the root. The love of money is the root of all kind of evil. Those who love money uh, can easily wander from the faith. There's no reason to necessarily need to trust in God when well, our trust is in money. I often share this perspective with people and students, and I, I think it's important, so I want to share it with you. I built a house in the summer, uh, my wife and I, and uh, it's a smaller house, but but it's nice, right? And obviously new. When we moved in, people would come over and they'd tell us how much they they liked the kitchen and how they liked the bathrooms and, and maybe some of the uh, uh, different appliances and the light fixtures and things like that. They love the fireplace, right? Um, they would just tell us, hey, you, you know, you have a beautiful little home and it's true it's 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 well built and and we love living here we waited for a long time before we actually bought a house but what was interesting to me is not a single time did someone come in and say hey do you know how many nails are in the studs and shingles do you know what kind of nails they use did you keep a bucket of the nails uh just to hold on to to kind of keep safe and it's funny because, you know, that doesn't matter to people in all seriousness. They're not thinking about the nails. I don't walk into beautiful homes or structures and think, man, I wonder how many nails are here. But without those nails, my house would not be able to stay together. They have incredible value when it comes to the stability of our home. But they don't have any value in and of themselves. A bucket of nails is ultimately worthless, right? In fact, if I wanted to go the route of just loving the nails and I take a pile of them and I squeeze them in my hands, uh, there's a good chance I can get injured, right? I, they were never meant for me to just hoard and hold on to. Uh, and they're definitely not something I want to squeeze in my hands. They're meant to serve me. They're meant to serve others. Money should be seen just like nails. 
you know, the more I try to collect and hold on to it because of greed or selfishness or whatever, the quicker my world gets smaller, more meaningless, and in fact, I could hurt myself and I could hurt others. Nails make for a terrible master, but I must use the nails. So we have to flip our perspective, right? Oh, we're going to have to use money, but it shouldn't be our master. We should see it as a tool to serve us. The creator of the universe who desires to be a part of our lives is of infinite way more value compared to finite pleasure that money can offer. And so Pastor Rick says so much in his sermon. There's just so many great nuggets. That's why I really, really want you to go and listen to it. Uh, But he continues on from words of Paul. And I think this is a a major part and the struggle when it comes to uh, money in our lives. And so this is how we get to the conversation about money. So Hebrews chapter 13, only two verses, five and six. You ready? Here we go. So keep your lives free from the love of money. Whatever you do, don't let your heart begin to love money. And be content with what you have. Anybody in the room today say, Rick, I'm content with what I have. Don't need anything else to be content. I'm set. Because God has said, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. So verse 6 says, so we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, so I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? So be content, because the Lord is my helper, is what Paul says. I'll read the passage for you. Keep your lives free from the love of money, and be content with what you have. Because God has said, I will never leave you, and I will never forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Pastor Rick goes on talking about one of our main problems in life is discontentment. I see it all the time. I feel it all the time. That one pesky emotion that often can drive us to to falling in love with money, right? Because we think we need more. We think we need better, right? And we're constantly thinking, I need whatever more of what money has to offer. But I love this line that Pastor Rick used. We need to hear more about enough because we've heard enough about more. We need to hear more about enough because we have all heard enough about more. That goes back to the advertisements that I say that are constantly uh, in our face every day. And so Pastor kind of gets to these words from Paul where he says in Philippians 4.12, Hey, I have learned how to be content in all situations. I know what it's like to have much. I know what it's like to have little. I know what it's like to be safe, what it's like to be scared. I've been in all these circumstances. And Paul's saying, I have learned what it is to be content, and that is to trust God. To live a life of commitment means we are living a life of audacious faith. So I'm going to wrap up with this. How, How do we live more content. This is just the basic, practical part of our little podcast. And I believe it comes through a life of gratitude. You know, how often do you wake up and just focus on all the things you're grateful to God for? Maybe it's being grateful for, for the roof over our head or, or the family and friends in our life or our modern health care or the food we get to eat or whatever. But even if sometimes those things are hard to find, um, I believe we can go even smaller. We can look even more microscopic. Man, thank you for the air in my lungs. 
thank you for the, for the blood in my veins. Last night, my wife and I sat out on the porch for a little bit. Nothing, we didn't have any music going. We weren't really talking. We just listened to, to the birds chirping, and we watched the clouds. And I just thought, wow, like, I love this moment. I love hearing God's animals just chirping away and, and living life uh, totally trusting that they're going to survive, right? And so finding the tiny, small things in our lives that we're grateful for, I believe, can drive us to a life of full-on contentment. I don't want to be focused on my lack, but rather I want to thank God for all the gifts He has given us. Imagine if each day you made that your priority. Yeah, yeah, you got a list of things you got to do. You got appointments. You got kids to take to soccer practice. You got things to do as a grandparent. You know, but what if our main focus was not what's wrong with the world, not what I'm lacking, but man, God, thank you for for all that you've given to me, including just life in general. I believe we will be adamantly running away from the love of money when we live this kind of life and running to a full-blown love of God. Just being grateful. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I hope this finds you well. If you missed Pastor Rick's sermon, I really, really want you to go listen to it on our website or our app. You are loved, and we'll talk to you soon.